Hello all, welcome to the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, the podcast for SeedSing.com. I am your host, Artie Kulik, and with me here is the most bootacular person I know in all of the worlds and the greatest other host on the other side of the Mississippi River, that's Ty Kulik. Happy spooky season, Ty. Hey everybody. Yeah, I think you all know how I feel about those holiday-themed puns. I'm walking through stores right now since we're six, five days away from Halloween now that they're everywhere. But I will say I've already seen some Christmas decor going up in like Target and stuff. I went grocery shopping yesterday and I wanted to get some some beer, some good like pumpkin beer. And it was all gone for all the Christmas beers. And I'm like, damn oh, really? you Santa Claus. This is <laughs> not time yet. Which is, uh, look, not what we're going to talk about, but about the only thing I really care about Halloween is the beers, everything else. I even find myself like, and maybe it's because I'm older and I need to lose weight, so I'm convincing myself out of it, that I'm, I just don't even want to do candy anymore. And No. Uh, yeah. we, we had a trunk or treat already, and I haven't eaten my kids' candy. Uh, That's why I did a, I'm late to record today because I had to go run this morning to run off that candy I ate last night. Oh, no. Even even my son, who's 12, has decided he's done. He's oh, like, good for him. <laughs> I mean, I didn't pressure him or anything. He just decided, yeah. you know, F this BS. I'm not, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I was probably around your son's age, I think, when I stopped. But I, thought, I think it's because I didn't want to wear costumes anymore. Yeah, I think that's part of it, too. I even last year, he's Napoleon Dynamite. And I'm like, you can do that again. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't want to do uh, the same thing over again. And then best costume <laughs> ever. And then I got him a a t shirt uh, that says, "I survived the Devastator." And I told him you could go as one of the Hutchinson brothers. And there's about ninety nine percent of our audience has no freaking idea what I'm talking about right now. I think of Aiden Hutchinson, the football player. <laughs> no, so. no, it's fr- it's an old Mister Show sketch about a roller uh. coaster. That now I know you're talking. I know about. when I first heard it, they're like 200 miles per hour, 90 degree <laughs> turns, and two minutes underwater. And I go, wait a second, is this fake? And I remember watching, and somebody said, "What makes you think it's fake?" I go, "The two minutes underwater." They go, "Oh, not the 200 miles per hour or the 90 degree turns." It's, yeah, it's just the underwater part. <laughs> it's a great sketch, but they show Bob Odenkirk and um, oh god, why well, can't I think of his name? David Cross. David Cross. Thank you. <laughs> they're the Hutchinson brothers, and they're yeah. big roller coaster guys. And then later on, they're like uh, Bob Odenkirk is like, "My brother's dead. He, we were laughing. <laughs> he broke his neck and drowned." And then he's wearing a shirt that says, "I." survived the devastator <laughs> i've only ever watched mr show all the way through once and i watched it when they came back on netflix i need to go back and rewatch that oh, show that God. was a great sketch show yeah and then speaking so going along with it my son has this shirt and he wore it to school one day and i was like did anybody ask you any questions about it? he's like no well that after that evening we were at uh, trader joe's and He's wearing it, and somebody said, "Oh, hey, the Devastator," and, then, <laughs> and it was somebody like my age. And uh-huh. I go, "See, somebody." I go, "I guess you have to be old enough to know what the Devastator is." And some other guy goes, "I'm old enough to know what the Devastator is." Uh-huh. <laughs> Makes sense. It's people that look and are roughly around our age who yeah. know what that is. No, so uh, of all the things Halloween, I guess like any other season, I decide, okay, I'm going to watch some things. You know, Christmas, I watch these different Christmas movies like Die Hard. And um, yep. and Easter, I watch, I don't know, Jesus Rising from the Dead. So I watch zombie <laughs> movies or something. Sure. For Halloween, I- I've never really gotten into the horror movie genre. Now, I happen to think that we are on a horror renaissance 
but it's kind of the psychological horror things like get out is uh, i've mm. not i've not seen nope yet but that's uh, come on man i uh, know i will i will <laughs> us yeah just going through the jordan peele oeuvre so now that yeah. I talk about Mr. Show, let's talk about Key and Peel for the next 10 minutes. But no. <laughs> Jordan Peel's like the best guy doing order right now. No, so I was thinking to myself, what do I watch during this time of the year? And I there's there's very few, but there's things that I specifically want. But before I take over the just weirdness that I have, Ty, tell me what gets you into the mood for the hollow Halloween season. So I'm not much like you said, I'm not a big scary movie guy like i don't like jump scares i've seen the shining once and that's all i have to see i think i just i finally just saw the thing after you and hundreds of other people told me why and that's a great movie but what i like like the monster in that was very scary but i like what i like more in that movie is the psychological aspect where they're all all the guys are saying well now you're infected no you're infected like that's the type of stuff i look for in horror movies or scary movies or whatever you want to call it it's the thriller aspect and Pulling back the curtain or whatever, I will be watching the movie Barbarian, but not until Friday, because I've heard that's like the horror movie to watch. And it is streaming, but my wife wants to watch it. She's currently in Austin on a work trip. She gets home tonight when we're recording this, but we have our date night every Friday night. So I haven't seen that yet. So people who, oh, Ty, you like these independent, scary horror movies. I haven't watched it yet. I will be watching it on Friday and I will have a review of it next week on the website. So I just want to put that out there. But It's funny, I was thinking about this when you gave me this topic today. I was thinking about it, what movies I like, and I went out for my run today, and I was thinking about, okay, what movies do I want to talk about? Because you said, you know, give me three or four movies or TV shows. And it's funny, I could have done all A24 movies. Actually, two of the three things I want to talk about are A24 properties. I think it's just because A24 does really good stuff. Like, I was going to talk about Uncut Gems, because that movie is just like anxiety riddled, fueled the whole time. And that definitely freaks me out during this time of year to watch stuff like that. But it's not like a straight up horror movie or it doesn't have a monster in it to, per se or anything like that. So the first one I want to talk about is a movie I actually watched in October of 2020. It was when I decided, okay, for October, when my wife and I have these date nights, I'm going to pick scarier movies or movies that, you know, will make us think about stuff or freak us out. And the first one I picked was The Babadook. Everybody was talking about The Babadook. It was this big thing that people, you know, you should watch this movie. You should see this movie. Check this movie out. It's very interesting. It's very different. I was like, okay. And it was funny because I watched it, obviously. And I've seen, I saw people talk about it. And I thought it was actually really cool because at a lot of these pride parades and stuff, there were people dressed as The Babadook. And The Babadook became like this this icon for pride people, which I'm like, oh, that's super cool like i didn't know that 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 was something but for people who don't know what this movie is about it's essentially a, a single mom with her kid and she reads her kid this bedtime story called the babadook but it's this monster who lurks in the shadows and lives in the shadows of the house and it's driving the mother nuts it's driving her insane and what i liked about this is that there isn't jump scares there isn't loud music that's like oh you need to be afraid because we just played this loud piano chord or whatever. It's what's lurking in the shadows. It's kind of like, what is behind you? Is this real? Is this all in the mother's head? Is this all in the kid's head? Do both of them see the Babadook? Does everybody see the Babadook? Are it, are the, are it only these this mom and this son that are seeing it and stuff like that? I mean, I watched that movie over two years ago, and I still think about it from time to time. It still comes up into my head. It's still, I'm trying to figure stuff out with... Who did see it? Who didn't see it? Is she crazy? Is she not crazy? Is the kid crazy? Is the kid not crazy? 
is everybody else around them crazy? And they're the only two people who know, but this is a really, it's a really good, really quiet, really interesting psychological thrill, thriller horror movie that I, if you haven't seen it yet, I cannot recommend it enough. I think the Duke is not only one of the best horror movies. I think it's just one of the best movies about a mother and a child trying to survive a traumatic event that happened in their life. That is a great movie. That was one. I don't even really remember it coming out, but it was one of those movies that gained all this notoriety as time comes on. uh, Another movie that came out of nowhere was Evil Dead 2. Yeah. (laughs) And that's always one that I always really like to watch because I remember watching it when I was in high school and I really got watched it right around the time that Army of Darkness came out. And Army of Darkness is great. It's an all time comedy, but it's not really rules. It's not really a horror movie at all. And then you go watch Sam Raimi's original Evil Dead. And it's again, I think it's a, a it's a very, very well done movie, but it's extremely low budget and it shows. So mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2, if I if we ever do a thing on Sam Raimi, I think it's the absolute pinnacle, or not pinnacle, but it's his Thunder Road. You know, it's his, it's the thing he's going to be known for because the first half of that movie is horror, and then the second half of that movie is horror comedy, and it's I don't think ever been done better. But that, that's one I had to throw out. But, but while people say, well, Ty has the intellectual side of Halloween, whereas RD has the idiotic side, give, no. give another intellectual one for me. Okay, so this is a movie, and I do want to come right out front. I understand it's a well-received movie, and the performances are great. I do not like this movie. I just want to to let that be known. I'm not a fan of this movie. I've seen this movie once and it stayed with me, but I did not enjoy my experience watching it. I've heard people pronounce it different ways. I've heard some people call it Midsommar and I've heard other people call it Midsummer. I'm going to say Midsummer because I'm a idiotic suburban white dad who lives in the suburbs. So, so you know, like whatever, I'm just going to call it Midsummer. Again, for people who don't know, this movie starts out tragic event, a girl's sister pumps carbon monoxide in the house, kills herself, kills her parents. This girl is going through a traumatic, life-changing event. She decides to go to Europe with her boyfriend, who is clearly not into her anymore. She goes to Europe with her boyfriend and their friends, who are all college students, and they go to this event called Midsummer. And the stuff that happens in this movie, again, I'm going to spoil this movie. It came out in 2019. This is another movie I watched early in the pandemic with my wife during an October movie watch because everybody was saying to watch it. But they go to this event. And first of all, I've never done hallucinogenic. I've never done any drugs except for what my doctors have prescribed to me. But there are lots of scenes where they take mushrooms or they take acid or they take hallucinogens. And the movie is filmed as if you are on hallucinogens. I believe the director is Ari Aster. I believe he said something about he wanted it to feel like you were actually taking drugs. And I've talked to people who like this movie who say that's what it's that's what it's like when you're watching this movie. So that kind of threw me off a little bit. But it wasn't that that scared me. It's the stuff that happens throughout this movie. There is a scene that Florence Pugh plays the main character, and she's phenomenal in the movie. I do need to put that out there. She's incredible. But there's a scene where they go out to this cliff, and these two old people jump off a cliff. And one of them doesn't die. One of them survives, but their body is just mangled. And they show it all in this movie, and it terrifies me to know it. I was flipping through the channels the other night, and the movie was on, and I lingered on it for a minute. But there's a scene where Florence Pugh's boyfriend is is being intimate with another lady, 
but there's a group of ladies around him chanting who are all fully nude. And it's just weird. It just takes you out of like, I've, what's going I, on? It sounds like some movies I've seen before, but I can't describe <laughs> them here. Well, and this is not an X-rated movie by any means necessary. But no, Cheaty from The Good Places in this movie, forgive me, I do not know the actor's name off the top of my head, but he dies a very gruesome death in this movie. Florence Pugh's boyfriend, and this is the ending of the movie, so I guess Midsummer they clown like a flower queen or whatever. But throughout this whole movie, Florence Pugh's boyfriend is getting hit on by this younger girl. Another disgusting and disturbing scene, which makes me think of Halloween. The girl who's hitting on her boyfriend gives him a drink that has her menstrual blood in it, of as of her way of being like, I'm into you. Again, disturbing, and I don't understand what's going on. But at the end of the movie, Florence Pugh is crowned this flower queen of Midsummer. And she puts her boyfriend into a bear suit, puts him into a house, and burns him alive. And she smiles. And I've never seen anything since The Shining that has creeped me out as much as her facial expression at the end of that movie. This movie is intense, hallucinatory, crazy, with, with great performances, but it will stay with you and it'll make you feel gross and icky. And again, I do not like this movie, but it is a perfect movie to watch around this season i i've never seen it <laughs> it just and everything you described is a big reason why i haven't seen it i mean it's i've seen the original wicker man which isn't great and i've seen the the remade wicker man which has five minutes of greatness and you can it's that the rich the remade with nick cage is epic dude <laughs> it's not a good movie yeah. but it's epic but it sounds like it's in that oeuvre. And I know people love that movie. I, I know mm-hmm. they do. It's, I, yeah, just not for me. I mean, I've been on this podcast many a times to talk about monster movies, and I love monster movies. And I could have talked about Young Frankenstein on here. I could have talked about Frankenstein. I could have talked about Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is maybe the horniest movie ever made. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but it's it's not it, this time of the year. That's not what I'm looking for. And a lot of times I, I'm going to deviate a little bit here, but yeah. I find myself going back to quote unquote horror TV shows or not horror, but Halloween TV shows. Obviously, always watch The Great Pumpkin. It's become a kind of. It's become a thing in my house after watching The Great Pumpkin. My son demands that we watch The Grand Pumpkin Mill House. The, uh-huh. the, um, That's what we watch in my house, yeah. the Simpsons one. Yeah. yeah, so you know, we kind of watch that. Twilight Zone I'll watch anytime, but I, I'll find myself every now and then watching Alfred Hitchcock Presents, you know, something along those lines. But I, I will say, so there's an extraordinarily famous piece of music, okay? And it's this is a topic for another time, but if we think about it, you know, we talk about in um, like in human history, we have only recorded maybe four thousand years of human history, but there's tens of thousands, millions of years that existence goes back. Unless you know where I am right now, about ten miles away, there's the Creation Museum. They might have a few so problems. ridiculous, dude. but <laughs> but you think about how much we don't know about our past because it wasn't written down. Think of music, our ability to hear music live or being recorded live is about 100 years old. And so, you know, music goes back an incredibly, incredibly long period of time. And there's, so have you ever heard of this, uh, this thing, uh, Dance Macabre? Uh, no, I, I mean, it sounds like 
the scary dance or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. A, a few things about Dance Macabre. The whole idea, the whole whatever, the whole terminology goes back into the Middle Ages. But in 1872, there was a, a French composer. He made a song. So I don't know if you recognize any of that. Some of it sounds vaguely familiar. I couldn't pick it out, but it definitely sounds familiar to me. The reason why I bring up Dance Macabre is, first off, when my wife was on Jeopardy, it was the answer to one of the questions she got right. Dope. I'll always remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's this this piece of music, and I think the whole legend, and come at me, people, I know you will if I'm wrong, is that it's about on a certain night, the devil grabs a fiddle, goes to a graveyard and plays, and all the skeletons come out and dance. They did this. One of the very first Disney features was a short film called The Skeleton Dance in 1929. It's skeleton, it's dance macabre to see skeletons dancing. And it's very, like, what people describe it as is it's not horror, it's not scary, it's almost joyful in the way that mm. you watch it. And then it was banned by a bunch of movie theaters for being satanic. But sure. um, the thing that, and again, this may be where our generations change a little bit, but in the early 1980s, there was a short film about, I want to say it was about eight minutes long, an animated film called Dance Macabre that was on PBS. I think it would show like before the electric company or something like that during this time of the year. And it's one of those things that every year I go back and watch. It's just this this thing about Halloween that I find myself, maybe I like things in these short little bursts, these 28 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. I don't know. I, did you have any TV shows or anything like that? So, yeah, it's interesting. We were talking before we got on here, and I was going to talk about Bandersnatch because I think that's great. I actually think it's underrated for what it is, but there's a. I, I love the show Black Mirror. We've talked about that. I love sci-fi. I love what they talk about. And instead of, you didn't even know I was going to switch this, I actually changed mm -hmm. it at the last moment. I think because of how realistic it is becoming, something that definitely scares me and freaks me out because it is so realistic is the episode of Black Mirror entitled Metalhead. And for people <laughs> who don't know, it is a very dark, desolate wasteland, dystopic, just dystopian wasteland this lady lives in. Yeah, the whole and, episode's in black and white also. Yeah, it's in black. And it's also the shortest Black Mirror episode, mm -hmm. which I pretty... It's personally my favorite episode of Black Mirror. But she is essentially... She's running away. You see this lady running. She's just trying to get away. And you don't really know what she's running from at first. And you come to realize she's running from a metal dog. It is a robot that has four legs. Seriously, people, go Google. I've seen these things on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. They're everywhere now. Except these robotic dogs in Metalhead shoot bullets at people. They are essentially taking over the world. These Metalhead dogs are taking over this dystopian world that they live in in this episode. And I remember the first time I saw it, this was before these robotic dogs were out and about and freely roaming around. I said to my wife at the time, like, this is so scary because this is so realistic. And now that we live in a world with robotic dogs who look exactly like the robotic dog in Metalhead, 
it terrifies me even more. I actually turned on the episode a, a week ago because I, I've actually been going back and watching older Black Mirrors because I heard they announced a new season and they're all these people that have been cast. So I've been going back and watching some of my favorites. And I watched Metalhead the other day sometime last week. And it scared me more than The Shining. It scared me more than Midsummer. It scared me more than The Babadook. It scared me more than The Thing. It scared me more than any Stephen King adaptation of a movie I saw because of how realistic it is. Because of how I can see the world becoming this wasteland. And there's certain people left in certain certain areas. And we're all running from these robotic dogs who are out to kill us, who obviously these robotic dogs were made by some evil corporation. And I have my whole own thing with corporations that you and I could talk about on a different podcast. Oh, oh, I'm going to talk about in the second half. Trust me. (laughs) Okay. But um, no, Metalhead is just, it is so unnerving because of how close to it we actually are. Not just in America, but everywhere around the country. I mean, I watch basketball all the time. And I've seen people who made a robotic bas- uh, robot basketball player who can make threes. So a dog is like the easiest part of what they can do now. So Metalhead unnerved me more than anything I talked about before, probably more than anything you'll talk about and more than anything I could think of because of how realistic and how close to that reality we actually are right now. Hello all, this is RD. I wanted to talk to you guys about another podcast that I do work on called High Heels and Politics. It's hosted by Marianne Christie, who I work with here in Southwest Ohio. And Marianne, she interviews a lot of influential people. In Ohio, she's interviewed uh, a lot of political people that are influential. But for those of you outside of this state, she's also interviewed people like Susie Chapstick Chaffee, a former Olympic skier who was the face of Chapstick for the 1970s and 1980s. It's really interesting to listen to that one because She talks about her struggles as a woman in the Olympics, but then how she used her celebrity and her attractiveness in order to get more rights for amateur athletes, which led us today to things like the NIL. Also, Susie was very instrumental in Title IX, which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of. But it's not all just seriousness. Uh, Marianne has also interviewed the Naked Cowboy, the New York City icon that's been out there. Simon Lease, who a lot of you may know if you've ever seen The People vs. Larry Flint, he was the guy that arrested Larry Flint. He also arrested Jerry Springer when Jerry Springer was a member of the Cincinnati City Council here. So I encourage you guys go to Spotify, Google, Apple, go search High Heels in Politics, follow, subscribe the show. Marianne comes out with a new one every week, and it's an incredibly great conversation. And if you're interested or know anybody that may be on High Heels in Politics, just go to the contact page and talk to us. So let's get back to the conversation. Okay, Ty, there is one genre that just we haven't touched at all, and I don't think it's a genre we ever even talk about, and that's uh, slasher films. Do not care for that. Well, and here's <laughs> the thing. I, for the most part, look, I like I like my jump scares. I, You know what I really like? I like you know creative killing and stuff like <laughs> that in these movies. I like watching... A RoboCop put uh, his little data spike through Clarence Boddicker's neck. I mean, there is cool (laughs) or just anything in the movie Bloodsport or watching uh, what's his name in Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Yeah. Rip a dude's throat out. You know, I and these are not horror movies when Mm. it comes to the straight up like slasher genre. I never really cared. I mean, I brought up Evil Dead, but even you go back to the original Evil Dead because they could not show you a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's more it's more tension based. It's more again the psychological. So that leads me to right now we have the the, the Halloween ends, which I'm going to talk about 
a little bit near the end of this podcast here. But the other big one is Friday the 13th movies, the Jason Voorhees, which is we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about 1982. And it wasn't until Halloween or not Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th Part 3 that he puts the hockey mask on for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I I know people that love him and I've watched him every now and then. It's like, ah, okay, whatever. But this is back when I lived in Milwaukee. And so I'm sitting there one day just bored, and I i think it was on Sci-Fi or something. They were like, Jason X. And I just recently, so the 10th, Friday the 13th movie, before that, somebody had told me, hey, have you ever seen Jason X? And I'm like, no. And they're like, dude, it's great. It, the way it was described to me was a bunch of first-time improv actors doing a slasher-slash-late-night Cinemax movie. Yeah, I, I, so I just want to say I've, I've never seen this movie. I'm an avid listener of How Did This Get Made. I think it's one of the best podcasts out there. I highly recommend if you don't listen to it. They did Jason X on it. And mm-hmm. Rob Hubel, for people, to, just Google Rob Hubel if you know it is, you'll recognize him right away. But he he was the guest on it. And he talked about having a newborn baby. And he had to watch this movie. And I guess they play that Bodies Hit the Floor song. And, this over yes, and, over again. and he said that he said that his baby would be like thrashing in bed because they were sleep training. And that song would play. And he said, I could not think of anything more metal than watching Jason and I seeing my baby thrash and hearing Let the Bodies Hit the Floor over and over again. Oh, I mean, so I, I had to get that out there. This movie is all, I mean, all early 2000s new metal crap. But uh-huh. it's very briefly for those people that don't know the movie uh, starts off in a few years in the future at the camp crystal lake research facility and they've captured jason and they can't kill him so they're gonna cryo freeze him and then evil government scientist played by david cronenberg the <laughs> david cronenberg comes the guy who made the fly like come <laughs> yes. on people <laughs> he comes in because they want to study jason and the one uh, the main actress in this i think she went on to play talia uh, raz al ghul in the eros oh. tv show i thought you were gonna say mary oh Cote, no no no, like no. Oscar winner? no 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 <laughs> but she she's like no he's a killer and the uh, cronenberg's like no i'm gonna take him and then jason starts to kill everyone and the woman hits a cryo freeze and gets trapped in with him And so the movie moves like 500 years in the future and some student group on some spaceship like unearth it. And they're like, we've got two, you know, real live people from 500 years ago. And they thaw her out. And she's like, you didn't thaw out Jason Voorhees, did you? And they're like, no, why? And she's like, don't, he's a killer. And then you find out the head of the students wants to sell him to the government because, of course. But (laughs) this movie sounds nuts. (laughs) So I got to tell you, there's there's a couple of scenes, one in particular, where it's uh it's when he it's his first kill in the future so that uh, all the all the women are very scantily clad you know dressed one of them's a, a robot android lady who at the end of the movie just her head is left and you get the impression <laughs> that she has had sex with her creator again just oh, her head is left but um <laughs> but this lady scientist dressed like she looks she looks like veronica vaughn's younger sister is the way i describe her <laughs> okay so she's sitting there like cutting samples from jason he's on this table and then in another scene there's two of the students that are going to go have premarital sex so while they're having sex jason wakes up and the scientist lady's like ah he grabs her head throws it into uh, liquid nitrogen so her head Jesus. freezes and then smashes her head on the table <laughs> <And> uh. <laughs> which is kind of cool but 
So I want to tell you, they they decide, okay, we got to trap Jason. So they have this like hollow deck thing, this holographic deck area, and they recreate what the original Friday the 13th movie is, Camp Crystal Lake. They recreate it, and Jason's like, uh, and then he sees two very comely ladies, and Ty, I'm going to play you what they tell him. Hey, you want a beer? Or do you want to smoke some pot? Or we can have premarital sex. <laughs> that that is the greatest writing that has ever happened on the Jason. That's in, that is incredible. So you're right. These people knew exactly what they were doing when they made this movie. Yeah. And they do sound like you can just hear that they're like scantily clad in their voice. Oh, oh, they right after they say that, they both take their tops off so you can see their boobs. And then Jason <laughs> grabs one. Again, these are holograms, breaks her neck, puts her in a sleeping bag, and then beats the other one to death with the sleeping bag with the other dead girl in it. Oh my God, what is going on in this movie? <laughs> and, and it's again, it is deeply, deeply stupid. But yeah, I'm sure. Even as a matter of fact, uh, when the movie came out, Roger Ebert said, I'm going to quote a line from the movie and say, this sucks on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, Roger Ebert, I might have given him a hard time with some movies that he didn't like that I loved, but he was he was always on top of it. No. I will give him that. No. May he rest in peace. Yeah. He was always on top of it. Yeah, but- I always consider myself more of a Siskel guy. Roger Ebert was Roger Ebert was on top of his game. That's what I mean. This is the one movie, and it made me like, oh, maybe I'll like the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I went back and watched some of them. No, no, this is the only one I'll ever watch. It's the only one I'll ever like, and it's it's not one that I can watch all the time. It's like once every few years or so. But when I sit yeah. there, I'm like, yeah, because it. I I think I was telling my wife this. It may be the dumbest movie that I enjoy, and I enjoy some <laughs> dumb movies. This one is truly the stupidest. It sounds like it's probably the the room of of slasher movies, but where Tommy Wiseau claims he knew what he was doing, but he didn't. This one definitely seems like they knew what they were doing. They had the property of Jason Voorhees, and they just were like, we're going to see what we can get away with. And, and people talk, you're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. They talked about it on how this get made. I've heard other people, because he goes into space, as you said, and like, he did that before Fast and Furious went in space, so <laughs> yeah. good for the Jason franchise, I suppose. They were at the forefront of something. Yeah. So before I really ended on something that I don't think is stupid, something that I think is <laughs> it's actually getting a big, big renaissance, especially recently in the news, there's a movie I want to talk about that I encourage everybody, if you're going to watch something you've never watched on Halloween, before I get to that tie, give the listeners some palate cleansers after Jason X. <laughs> Well, and you you mentioned a lot of them at the top. I'm a huge Jordan Peele fan. I, I love Get Out, Us, and Nope. I think Us is his best movie to date. So those are always great, and they're great to watch, you know, this time of year. But I told you off mic, and I even thought about this as I was driving home today to record with you, is I could have done all A24. I feel like A24 is, and I know I, you call me clothes and fedoras. You call me Pierre my whole life. I get it. I understand. A24 is making really good movies. There's a reason why everybody wants to see him. There's a reason why people want to work with him. There's a reason why you get a performance out of Adam Sandler that you did in a movie like Uncut Gems, or you get a performance like you do out of Robert Pattinson in, I cannot think of that movie. Oh, The Lighthouse? No, no. Well, The Lighthouse is one. Him, That's another great movie to watch this time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. uh, I didn't think, I just thought, yeah. But no, it's the movie he does with one of the Safdie brothers. I cannot think of the name of it for the life of me, but he they're both criminals, and it's him running away all night trying to get away from everybody. But that's another really good movie. But I think it's a good what, time. 
Good Time. Yeah. That's the name of the movie, Good Time. Thank you for giving me that. But mm-hmm. no, if you want like straight up A24 horror movies. Now, I last year, my wife and I watched It Follows, I believe is the name of it. And it wasn't great, but it, this is another... We're living in a pandemic. This movie is about a disease that spreads mm-hmm. fast. And when it spreads, and it's very interesting to watch. It has that paranoia in it. I was flipping through our premium movie channels the other night, and the movie X was on. And I heard about this movie, but I'd never seen it. And I watched maybe, again, X is about this this adult film company who goes to film a movie in a Texas barn, but there's a sinister neighbor that lives there. And I had heard about it, but I'd never seen it. I watched 10, 15 minutes of it the other night, and I was horrified by what I saw. And it was it was like a good, like, ooh, I wanted to continue watching it. But my as I said, my wife is out of town. My kids were in bed, and I had to go to sleep soon. So I didn't want to have nightmares. I was watching another one the other day on cable called lamb and this is about a family in in scotland i think who can't have a child and then this lamb mysteriously shows up and it's gonna sound funny it wasn't funny when i watched it but when i turned on the other night the father uh, the husband of this family was sitting at the table there was a lamb but it was dressed in children's clothes and it had a doll in its hand (laughs) so I, I, i just i can't imagine what that's like the movie men I know it didn't get great reviews, but yeah, I really want to see it. that because yeah. that's Alex Garland. And I think that's an interesting concept. There's a movie Swallow, which is like a lady who eats glass and stuff. That that seems it seems very interesting, but like that's the type of stuff I like to watch this time of year. But I will say, as my final palate cleanser, I think the perfect movie, because it does combine all these psychological slasher, comedy, horror all in one, is Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. I think that is the, yeah. it, that is the modern day evil dead that whole concept behind that movie. And it's so much better going into that movie if you don't know what's going on, but that movie really struck a chord. It's really great at what it does. It makes fun of the tropes, but it is also very well made, very well written, very well acted. I think cabin in the woods. God, I'm so glad you brought up the lighthouse, but I do think <laughs> cabin in the woods is the best type of movie for my taste in movies to watch this time of year. Yeah, oh, that that was. I've actually I'm looking at my notes and I have that written down because it's. I said it's Jason X, but done well. Yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> absolutely. And like Chris Hemsworth is in that yeah. movie. People, yeah. like, there's some big names. Richard Jenkins is yeah. in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's big time people involved with that movie. So I'm going to end this on a, a franchise movie. Again, another movie we talked about a few weeks ago, and it's a movie that I didn't really care again about the slasher genre. So I never really watched it when it came out. And then as I got older and you hear about it, it's one of those movies that everybody talks about is really, really bad. But then it started to get a little bit of a renaissance, and that's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Now, there's of all the Halloween movies, this is obviously the third one, but of all of them, it's the only one that doesn't have uh, Michael Myers in it, the killer. And Jamie Lee Curtis does play like a voice in this movie. But the idea, Halloween was made by John Carpenter. And the idea was he wanted the movies to be all looking at an aspect of Halloween. So the first one was the crazy killer. And they ended up, it did so well. They're like, oh, we need the sequel with Michael Myers. But then after that, Carpenter said, you know, I want to get back to my original idea. And the third one had nothing to do with Michael Myers. I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown of the plot, talking about evil companies or whatever. It takes place in this, like, like just typical suburb or whatever. This guy grasping a, a mask, a pumpkin mask, is running away from these dudes who are in, like, black suits who walk very robotically. You find out later they are androids. 
and okay. they're they're trying to get him. They're trying to kill him. There's something with this mask. And then the main character, who it's an actor I've seen, I can't really remember anything he's been in, but he plays this doctor who like treats this guy, and he's like, oh, this mask is weird. Now, during the entire course of this movie, okay, so there's this company called Silver Shamrock who's advertising okay. these uh, Halloween masks. Now, if you've never seen this, you've obviously never heard this, and now you will never forget it. I'm going to play the Silver Shamrock commercial song and then discuss it a little. Almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. That song plays about 192 times during this movie. That voiceover is horrifying. <laughs> so horrifying, man. So what you learn there's these three masks made by the silver shamrock. There's a pumpkin mask, there's a witch mask, and there's a, a skeleton mask. And all the kids in town want them, and they're gonna have a special horror thon on Halloween night, and uh, all the kids need to uh, need to wear their masks. Well, in front of the television, yes, they said. Yes. So you come to find out that. The old guy in RoboCop, the guy who fires Dick Jones, the uh, old guy oh, that's okay. head of the company, yeah. he, he plays ahead of <laughs> he this. He gets co- killed by his own robot. Yes, in yeah. RoboCop too. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was uh, directed by was that one? Was that directed by Yoda also, or, or I don't know, Frank no. Oz? The <laughs> Frank Oz, I think, had something to do with it. I may be wrong, but anyways, uh, sure. So the idea is the old guy, the Silver Shamrock guy, took a bunch of pieces of Stonehenge, put them in these masks. And then uh, there's going to be a beam that shoots through the TV while all the kids are watching, and the masks are going to like make their heads melt, and like snakes and bugs are going to fly out of them. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so the main character, the doctor, figures this out. Now I'm so I'm going to play the end of this movie. Okay. Okay. All this stuff goes on. It's actually a very very dark movie. The, one of the main sure. characters dies, and you see her come back, but she's just another robot. It's all this stuff, and this doctor has figured this out, and there's three TV stations that are going to play this commercial that's going to kill everyone. And he gets two of the stations to shut it off, and he's running to a phone. He grabs a phone to call the third station, and this is the end of this movie, okay? Turn it off. Stop it. 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 That's the end of the movie. The main character screaming into the phone to turn the commercial off while the commercial runs. What? That's the end. Why does it? What? <laughs> that's, that's so inconclusive, man. So originally, when the movie, when the screen goes to black, you were supposed to hear children screaming. Oh, <laughs> and they ended up cutting no. that <laughs> to make it more to make it more, quote unquote, hopeful in case he got him to stop. But, yeah, the whole point of that movie at the end is the the crazy guy's plan. And the whole reason he was doing it is because he wanted to make a sacrifice to some ancient Celtic god to bring him about. I mean, again, all weird witchcraft. But the reason why I bring all this up is Halloween three is regardless of what you hear people say, I don't think it's a bad movie. I watched it again last week, and it's 
well done. It's a everybody talks about well the plan is stupid. It's a stupid horror movie, okay? <laughs> it's, yeah. That's like I say most horror movies don't have a great story behind them. Yeah. But it's it's got this kind of sense of dread and darkness and these things that we talk about these psychological horror movies and it's plus the main character's got a beautiful early 1980s mustache. I mean it's nice. a so I just I wanted to end this or go into the Halloweens telling people give Halloween three a chance if you hate it again come at me but I think most of you <laughs> will be pleasantly surprised. I'll have to check. I mean, I the, the, uh, a funny thing about me is I've never seen a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I've never seen a Halloween movie. So yeah. maybe I'll have to check those out at some point. Again, I as I said at the top, I'm, I I actively stay away from slasher movies. So I don't know, but I'm gonna be 40 in a couple of months so maybe i should just grow the hell up and yeah. watch a slasher movie here or there i've watched a few uh nightmare on elm street movies and i know there's some some love for some of them in one way or the other it's not it, freddy krueger to me almost like jason Voorhees, is a more interesting character than any of the movies they've ever been in yeah so that's my opinion. i don't know I, and i always feel like for blood and gore and stuff like that i'd rather watch a movie like raid redemption yeah oh well, yeah a samurai movie or something i don't yeah. know that's just me personally so it's not that i'm opposed to that type of stuff i just like it delivered in a different package i guess is the best way to put it all right well now that i've spoiled the ending of halloween three for you Ty, <laughs> that's where can, so <laughs> dire <man. laughs> where uh where can people find you if they need to lift your spirits <laughs> Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Ty Kulik, T-Y-K-U-L-I-K, all lowercase. More importantly, you can read my stuff on Seedsing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. The day that we are recording this, the day before, I actually finished a 12-day-long basketball preview. I did all 30 NBA teams, and then I did a playoff and award prediction, and then I did my best at doing a men's NCAA basketball preview because all the best you know, future pros are playing either in France or in the G League, yeah. so it's hard to do college basketball now. But I'm getting back to my other stuff. I'll be reviewing movies, and I'll be talking about my Disneyland trip and stuff. So, again, you can find that on Seedsing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. You can hear me occasionally. I'm on the Chucklehead Chat podcast hosted by my buddy Glenn Adams. You can find that anywhere you find podcasts. But you can hear me on this podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. Rate, review us, tell your friends about us. I know I said I'd stop talking about it, but I was able to get my 10-year-old son his booster shot yesterday, his Omicron booster, and I'm getting my 7-year-old daughter her Omicron booster today. So it's super easy, people. I went on my phone, went to my CVS app, and signed them up. Please go get your booster shots. We don't we don't need to have a, a real bad fl- a flu season mixed with COVID on here. I mean, our dad's going to be going through prostate cancer treatment. Our mom's getting over pneumonia. It's just be safe. Get your booster shot while you can get your booster shot, please. And as always, Black Lives Matter. Just so you guys know, there's a thing, because I I work in a field where I I know a lot of what the government's doing, what's going on. There's what we call the triple pandemic is coming. Mm -hmm. There's expected to be a huge, huge rise in flu, COVID, and uh, RSV, I think is what it's called. Respiratory thing in kids. Yeah, yeah, so it's even more important that you do this because it's uh, already... When uh, I, t- I talked about my father-in-law, when he had to go to the hospital the last time, he had to sit in an emergency room for a day. Uh, yeah. Our mother, the same thing. It's uh, yeah. Hospitals are already overtaxed. And just treat your medical professionals and teachers. Treat teachers better than we have been, okay, people? <laughs> just treat <laughs> people who work at grocery stores and restaurants yes. better yes. than we have. I mean, yeah. treat everybody yeah. how you want to be treated. Yeah. So with all that being said, we thank you for your ears. Anything else that you may use to listen to the Ex-Millennial Man podcast? 
Remember, we are here every Saturday for free wherever you find your fine podcasting shows. And a happy Booleen to you, Todd. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you next time. The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.